Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fundamentals Podcast. I am your host, Harley. Everything is fine. Joining me on the third episode of the Sitcom Summer Series is returning guest, host of Let's Jaws for a Minute and Jumpcast, it's Sarah Buddery. Sarah very kindly agreed to come back onto the show to talk to me about a series that landed only a few years ago on NBC and made its way over here in the UK on Netflix, and that is The Good Place. It's a show that explores the afterlife, philosophy, ethics, and the question, will the Jacksonville Jaguars ever win the Super Bowl? It's a wonderful show full of brilliant characters and a really positive message, and we get into all of that in this discussion. I should really give a spoiler warning on this discussion. I mean, I think that goes without saying with pretty much every episode that we're doing here. We're exploring these uh, sitcoms as a whole across all of their series. But with this one, there's such a powerful twist in the first season that if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend that you do before listening to this episode. So without further ado, let's get to it. This is The Good Place with Sarah Butler. Hello, Sarah, and welcome back to the Fundamentals podcast. Hi, thank you so much for allowing me to come back. Uh, what a treat this is. <laughs> of course, of course. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, so, yeah, when I put out the call for this series, the uh, the sitcom summer, you were one of the first people to come back. Um, so really grateful for that. And I think you've picked one that is just absolutely fascinating, I think. It's mm. kind of becoming a modern classic and... It's, it's one of those few sitcoms that has like a, a high concept behind it, and that is The Good Place. Mm. So I want to know, when did you first see it, and why did you choose to bring it uh, to this particular series? So I think I was a little bit late to the to the party in this, and I didn't start watching it sort of when it first um, came to Netflix, which I think was in 2016 um, was when it started. So I think I started watching it when season two um had finished so i was then able to binge um season one and season two which is really great because uh season one ends in this huge cliffhanger i don't know how i would have sort of held on um waiting to sort of see the conclusion of that um but yeah fortunately got to watch um the sort of the two series back to back and have just been hooked ever since so yeah, I I had many options for um, sitcoms that I could have brought uh, to you. I think I gave you a list of about three. Um, mm. But this one I was sort of uh, actually just recently in in the middle of a rewatch uh, of. So it sort of felt like nice. the, the the best one to, to bring as it was all sort of pretty, pretty fresh. And like you said, I think there's there's so much to talk about in this one that is goes beyond just comedy. And I think that I've really um grown an appreciation for this for this program over time and i don't even know if on the first watch it really hit me just how good it was but then i kept thinking about it afterwards and a lot of the the themes and the and the things that it explores i think were just so great that i just caught myself thinking of it every now and again and and obviously was keen to revisit it so the rewatch that i just did is only the second time i've i've ever watched it all the way through and um just loved it even more it's so it's so wonderful it really is and i think i'm in the same boat as you i haven't actually rewatched it as of yet but mm. i um no i definitely caught on a bit late 
same as you like i didn't realize what it was or it even existed mm. and it was only like when it was in the second season that i heard people raving about it and and as you say i feel like this is one that i mean all of these conversations come with a spoiler warning of course but this is one i feel like because as you say it's got such a brilliant twist in that first season that i would say to anyone listening is like if you haven't watched it at least go and watch season one yeah because it is brilliant um i mean it that kind of like the initial premise of this woman who's in supposedly heaven or the good place as it's called and she's not supposed to be there it's kind of a fun thing in itself anyway and they have a lot of of great adventures and stuff with it in the first season but to then take that and then just bang on on, on the last minute of the last season and be like oh yeah no this isn't the, the good place you're actually in the bad place it's like <laughs> what <laughs> They're never going to call a train to take us to the bad place. They can't. Because we're already here. This is the bad place. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe you figured it out. <laughs> oh, God. You ruined everything, you know that? And yeah. um, have you listened much to sort of behind the scenes stuff on it? Because most of the cast didn't know, apparently. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd heard that or read that somewhere that they, they managed to keep it a surprise even from them. And I think that's that's great. And also in this age as well of, of, of sort of like binge watching and everything just being available and spoiled on, on Twitter and, and social media, it was kind of this sleeper hit a little bit like i don't think people really sort of knew yes. what it was despite it having like a a, a pretty good cast um i think mm. it was one of those word of mouth things where people just started talking about it and then the sort of popularity grew from there but to be able to keep that twist hidden as well and i think that when i watched it the first time i had absolutely no idea so i was like what <laughs> like when that happened <laughs> um it's it's impressive to keep a to keep something that big under wraps. I think it's like especially in this day and age where everything gets spoiled. Yeah, hundred percent. And like like yourself, like going into season two, I was surprised I didn't know that going in that someone had had spoiled it. As mm. you said, it was just like oh, and and what more so than that is it's a twist that works. Mm -hmm. It's very clever, but it, it actually makes sense. Like when it sort of all comes out, you're like oh that's genius mm. oh that's really really clever and then it leads into the next couple of seasons just being completely unpredictable you know it's not like your typical sitcom format by that point all, the whole thing's gone out the window and you're just i don't know about you i was watching every episode thinking what's gonna happen next because every mm. every episode after that was just a completely different thing in itself yeah the the twist really shakes up the whole concept of the show because everything that you that you thought you knew or all the the breadcrumbs it was sort of leaving in the first season of where you thought it was going to go it then obviously took a completely different turn and in fact every season has a very different feel to it and every season finale it sort of ends on like a bit of a, a cliffhanger so i did have that wait between like the end of season two mm -hmm. to the end of season three and then three to four um where i was sort of like keen to find out what would what would happen next but it's it's so refreshing for a a sitcom to to change up its format that 
that well because i think that the whole the whole thing of a sitcom and why people love them and why they're so appealing is it's this sort of familiar cast of characters it's tropes that we're used to it's plot lines that we're used to and it's all the sort of like the usual things the the capers and the hijinks that these characters get themselves into and and how do they get themselves out of it but most sitcom episodes you sort of see a resolution at the end of each episode and they're quite singular and they sort of sit on their on their own and there's like through lines that run through the the series or you know entire seasons but this one like you really you want to watch the next episode immediately because you know one sort of uh, well, each season will sort of have something that is kind of like the the main idea running through it, but it goes in so many different directions and and twists and turns that you really want to keep coming back to see it every week. And it kind of, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's other sitcoms as well that have sort of like changed up the formula a little bit, but this is this is one of my sort of go tos to use as an example for how a program can take those things that are so familiar and still give us those things. We have you know the the sort of the core six are in all 50 episodes um mm. they have running jokes and great sort of like background gags and and really sort of clever things that um you know you see at the start and you're not sure if they mean anything and then they come back and that and you sort of get a lot of resolution throughout rather than at the end of each episode so it makes for a really satisfying watch i found on on both watches <laughs> absolutely yeah and and as you say at the core of it it's very very funny mm-hmm. even if you kind of just not necessarily taking the bigger themes which i think is a is a missed opportunity if if you're ignoring those um but yeah i'm just i've, I've got the cast up here cuz the last episode i did um, i made the same points i keep the cast in front of me um, <laughs> but yeah like you've got Kristen uh Kristen Bell William Jackson Harper Jamila Jamil Darcy Carden uh Manny what's how do i say his last name Jacinto, Jacinto, and of course Ted Danson, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like it's a it's a powerful cast straight off the bat. Like all six of those guys are incredible in their roles, and they're all very funny. There's lots of silly jokes and throwaway lines, mm-hmm. um, and the, and it's the kind of humor because this is um, for anyone who doesn't know, this is run by Mike Schur, who is going to be a running theme, I think, in this series because he's <laughs> been at the helm of, or at least been involved in a lot of kind of modern day classics from like the office to parks and rec was an episode we did um brooklyn 99 i hope someone calls for because that's a brilliant one as well and this um and many more you know he's one of those guys that's very talented he knows what's funny but he also knows i think he knows characters mm. he knows how to give you characters that you care about because i mean if we go through these characters bit by bit i find like eleanor shellstrop as played by christian bell is a really engaging protagonist mm because she's kind of the worst that's kind of the whole joke you know she calls herself florida trash but she's also kind of a sweetheart and and the way she's played and the way she's written is is you can see that there's someone inside who wants to be a better person who wants to try Mm. and that's kind of like the whole heart of the show yeah and she she i think goes on the biggest journey as well because obviously i mean it 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 starts and ends with her and, and she is the the i say the constant throughout obviously we get the other characters coming in and out but it is mostly mostly about her and her sort of turning her life around even after she she has died so 
I think that she's a she's a really fascinating character because there's so many elements of her where you're like she's not a very nice person. She's really selfish. She sort of uh, does things that you that are that are questionable or perhaps not the right thing to do. I think particularly when you see in the flashbacks of like how she was like before she died, you're like, wow, this person is really is really quite awful. But then the whole point of the program is like no one is no one is beyond redemption no one is is Mm. is too bad to then sort of like change for good when they get the chance to actually sort of look back on their life and and realize the the things that they could have done better or that you know making amends for the past and and changing things that have happened so the the whole premise of the series really hinges on her because we have to believe like right from the start you know that she the sort of journey she is going on of like she's she's trying to become a better person because she wants to convince uh them to let her stay basically that's when she still thinks that she is in the good place but obviously as you know as it turns out when we when we get the twist things then sort of take on take on a different turn um but she definitely goes on i think the the most life-altering journey for sort of like where she starts to where she ends up and i just think she's such a great character and Kristen bell is so funny Mm. just so naturally funny Uh, her line delivery is so wonderful i just think she's so great to watch in this and and yeah it's that character has to work otherwise i think the whole thing falls apart really (laughs) see in hell but i just realized i always say that when leaving a room but right now it's accurate. I will literally see all of you in hell. Absolutely. And it's it's one of those that I feel like her her character and the whole central premise of the show kind of flips the sitcom genre on its head a little bit because coming back to what something you were saying earlier, which is so true, is that a lot of sitcoms, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, it's kind of what made them work for so long, is they play on the familiar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, the status quo is often what's kind of comforting about yeah. those shows whereas this the whole premise of this show is that this is somebody who is not going to be the same person mm. that they were at the beginning as they are at the ends and neither is the show yeah you know the the seasons the episodes all of it is just going no we're just gonna explore mm. um and it's fascinating and like you say and Kristen bell is is an amazing actress anyway but her performance in this i think is probably one of her best mm. because it's one of those characters that's like you say, very sharp and cynical and funny, but also, yeah, she's a real sweetheart. At the same time, like, you can see she's got those jagged edges, but what's fascinating to me about her character is that she's somebody who has all of these jagged edges and you kind of does something that I think is very relatable and that she kind of just makes excuses for herself, you know, because trying to be better is hard. Which is true. (laughs) And anyone will tell you any kind of self-improvement is not easy, Mm. but it's not meant to be. And that's the that's the lesson that she learns. And it's like, no, it's it is hard trying to be a good person, you know, in any sense of the word isn't an easy task, Mm. but it's doable. And it kind of comes with that optimism from like previous shows like Parks and Rec and The Office, where like I think Mike Shaw brings that optimism into this show and is like, no, it is possible. And she's the perfect conduit, I think, for that for that message, which is really lovely for a sitcom, isn't mm. it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's she has to pull off like both sides, like of Eleanor mm. as well. Like you have to believe that she yeah. is this like 
trash bag as she calls herself but then also she is a person (laughs) capable of change with a with a good heart really and i think she she absolutely nails that and it's so it's so good it's such a great character with so many layers and and nuances to it that i think are just fascinating to look at absolutely so and that kind of leads me to the the polar opposite and the kind of love interest uh chidi anagonye played Mm. by william jackson harper probably one of my favorite characters in a sitcom in the last like 20 years he's just he's amazing at playing someone that has manic breakdowns like it's just (laughs) incredible (laughs) absolutely brilliant yeah very relatable (laughs) character i don't think i'm quite that bad but you really get a sense of of his anxieties and he is just this person paralyzed by being able to to make choices like every single choice that he has to make whether it's like what muffin to have or like what Mm. uh where to take his best friend for for his um stag do or something like it's every single decision he has to make is just something that completely cripples him hey getting close here just mulling the ethical ramifications of various soups. Uh, same old cheaty. Not gonna come back for a fifth time. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's smart. And yet, he is, you know, the this um, professor of, of ethics and uh, philosophy. So he's he's clearly a a good person. So I think that's a super interesting thing as well because obviously the rug pull that it does at, at the end is actually that they're all in the bad place. So you're then sort of like working it through, and you're like. But Chidi mm. is so good. Like, all he is is good. He is just a good person. I'm sure he doesn't have a bad bone in his body. But then there's all of these things. And then as you learn more about him, it's like, you know, the yes, he is a, a fundamentally good person, but he was incredibly frustrating to, to his to his friends and loved ones and missed out on a lot of things in life because he would just be so crippled by decision making and that is a that is a flaw and that is a, a bad thing to be as well so it's so interesting uh to explore these characters in detail and i think the show perfectly sort of like unravels itself as it as it goes along and, and gives us those little flashbacks and things that we see we see of the past and we don't we don't really know the full story of Chidi until quite late into series four when they sort of show um him as a kid and that you know he sat down and like gave his parents this lecture on why they should stay together and it's it's quite sweet and and everything else but yeah it's such a great character and so well played by William Jackson Harper as well and I if I had to, well, this is going to be maybe controversial, but here we go. Mm-hmm. If I had to find a fault with this show, it's that I don't always buy into the the romance between him and Eleanor. Um, okay. I sometimes it's just like it, the chemistry, just like it's not quite there. Like they they play on the screen really, really well together, um, and the the show sort of like hammers this point home, like they're soulmates, they're soulmates, like regardless of how many times things get rebooted and reset and their memories get wiped, they always find each other and they always gravitate towards each other. And I think the resolution is very, very satisfying. I think their relationship is mm. the strongest in the final season. But there's just moments along the way where it's like a little bit rocky and it doesn't feel like super 
natural because they really are the absolute polar opposite so naturally you've sort of set it up mm. for this being quite a difficult romance to convince you of but it's very it's it redeems itself by the end and i'm i'm on board by mm. the end and i believe it by that point but it takes me a little while to get there i think that's sorry hopefully that's not too controversial <laughs> No, no, I think that's fair enough. I mean, yeah. it's, this is something that I think is a through line, was going to be a through line in a lot of these um, discussions is, uh, you know, a core element of any sitcom is romantic relationships mm. because it's just part of life. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, yeah, like you said, it's the pairings of certain couples and that is very important um, for, for many reasons, for the dramatic and the comedic effect. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that. I, a part of me, I kind of understand why they've put those two together. Mm. And I think it's because it's that thing of opposites attracting in that, as you pointed out, El- Eleanor is somebody who isn't really a good person, but but wants to be. Mm-hmm. She wants mm-hmm. to learn, but she's never been shown. And, and she is someone who is crippled by you know, indecisiveness, basically, and, and being so afraid. Like, he wants to be more decisive and make decisions and not be worried mm-hmm. about offending somebody or making a wrong choice. So it's like they, they both want to be more like each other. Mm. And, and it's kind of, I think that's what they're getting at, is the two of, that's why the two of them end up together, because they see what they want in the other person, which is which is kind of nice. Um and, and like you said, whether, whether or not that works sometimes, uh, is, I, I think that's a fair point. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But I think that's probably the reason, that's probably their reasoning behind it, I would imagine, from the writer's point of view. Mm. It makes for really interesting moments and some very emotional bits, I will mm. say. There's that bit, I think, I'm trying to remember which season it is, but there's a moment, isn't there, later on where they're setting up an experiment. It gets very convoluted, this series. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, they kind of... Oh, my printer's going off. Um, anyway, <laughs> they um, they basically end up uh, stumbling into a problem because there's this woman that Chidi had a relationship on Earth mm-hmm. with, um, and he's like, I can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. like if she's here, I'm I'm going to give this all away. So you're going to have to wipe my memory, and that means wiping out everything that they've been through. And it's kind of this really heart-wrenching moment i'm not gonna lie it was a bit of a tearjerker when i saw it i was like oh no and by that point i think i was invested enough in their relationship to be like oh this really sucks yeah i think that was um a turning point for me as well i think because when i watched that the first time around i did i felt something in that moment i was like oh he's gonna have to have his memory wiped he's gonna forget everything about her so that's the point where it starts to to click more for me i think and actually uh, as you were talking i was sort of thinking obviously something that sitcoms do so often is this kind of odd couple opposites attract thing Mm. and we get that in all of the pairings in this i mean even when um tahani and jason are, are like a sort of item like they could not be more different and then jason and and janet as well she is like the smartest not girl in the new in the universe who knows everything and jason i don't know if he knows anything but it's just like it works <laughs> because they're so different um but it's it's hard to create like chemistry mm. unless it's just there sometimes you can't force True. it but i i do believe in their relationship by the end and i am more emotionally invested in it i think as time goes on and and that moment you mentioned is a real 
good example of of it getting you in the feels and i think right towards the end as well like the last two episodes i just cry the entire way through because <laughs> it's so lovely yeah yeah they are it's and it gets it's got like happy tears isn't it mm. like it's 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 emotional but it's in a good way yeah yeah i need you to do me one last favor mm-hmm. say goodbye to me now and leave before i wake up I don't normally cry at movies, <laughs> but that one was pretty good. You just reminded me, so looking at these the cast, these other characters, um, Jamelia Jamil as Tahani Al-Jamil. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a revelation for someone who's not, I don't think she had any acting credits before this, or they were minimum. Like, she was a radio presenter, and I remember her. Mm-hmm. I remember when she popped up, I was like, oh, I, re- I remember her. She was on, like, BBC Radio back in the day, mm. and she's absolutely amazing in this isn't she she's so funny as this kind of socialite shallow celebrity person i am obsessed with tahani i think she's my favorite character just because (laughs) she's so completely unlike me and i just find her so funny and such again just such a great great performance but it's like the constant name dropping and the (laughs) just some of the the things that she comes out with you know, I haven't been this upset since my good friend Taylor was rudely upstaged by my other friend Kanye, who was defending my best friend, Beyonce. Because oh, obviously she's had this very, like, privileged upbringing. And it's just, it's so funny. Her delivery is wonderful as well, because she just has this great, very, very posh, well-spoken British accent. So the other characters have a great time sort of, like, mimicking her and, and that sort of thing, which is always funny. Um, but she is just, she's wonderful. And I think that I... I really feel her story as well. I think her her backstory is one of the more interesting ones because she's sort of like lived in the shadow of, of her sister and constantly looking for the parents' approval and just never getting it. And that's that's what she wants. She is, you know, she is shallow and vain and sort of celebrity obsessed and obsessed with status and, and everything else. But what she, all she, ri- that's all, a mask really for what she really wants which is like the approval um and love of her parents and to sort of feel like she is good enough and there's just something really honest in that i mean none of these characters i think what we're sort of establishing here as we're talking about it is none of these characters are what they appear on the on the surface um yes yeah and this show just does a really great job of of helping us get to know these characters in a way that feels very real and authentic um and yeah i i'd forgotten like what happens to tahani i knew that sort of like which one of them's decided to sort of like pass through the door at the end and i was like i can't remember what happens to her but i'm i'm so happy with with her resolution i think like where she ends up in like the final two episodes where she is basically just ticking off this list and like learning everything she has passed every skill she could possibly do mastered everything so she's sort of got like nothing else to accomplish and then she becomes like one of the one of the architects and and sort of wants to make something even more of herself and i just i i like that i like that it didn't sort of go down the route of well they just all you know sort of pass on finally at the end i i like to think of of her still just you know 
accomplishing great things and, and doing great things even after the show. So I would watch a Tahani spin-off as well. I just want to speak that out into the universe. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, she, she's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it's you're absolutely right. It is that through line of, of the show of, you know, not being deceived by appearances. And I think it's nice because she's someone on the surface it's very easy to be irritated by because like you mm. said she's so shallow and vain and just name drops people all the time and you're just kind of like oh get over yourself but <laughs> it's funny that they that they then turn that and they kind of explore it and like you said at the core of it you're like oh she's just an insecure person mm. and you're like well who of us can't relate to that yeah not like you said that feeling of not feeling good enough i think all of us at some point or another have experienced that and of course the writers have a great deal of fun in turning that up to 11 so to speak in like the flashbacks of her sister is like literally the golden child mm. of the family and it doesn't matter how much money Tahani rages for charity or what she does next it's always like well your sister's done this yeah. and I think and her death is kind of when you find out how she died on earth is kind of tragically hilarious yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like crushed like, by a it? statue of her sister isn't she and then uh, yeah, yeah her reaction is like i died in cleveland <laughs> so good yeah exactly <laughs> and it's it's kind of um, wonderful and very very funny but it's like you yeah like you said you realize oh okay that's why that's what she's driven by and it's it's something that it's just very honest mm-hmm. i think it's a very honest character and and like you said, all of them, I think, have, have great arcs as, as the show goes on anyway. Mm. But like you said, hers is very satisfying that she kind of becomes like the almost the most selfless being in the universe, essentially, like just giving herself completely to help others as yeah. time goes on is, is really lovely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that for her. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Um, the next one on my list is... Um, is Manny Jacinto, I'm, I'm going to struggle with his name, apologies, <laughs> playing uh, as Jason Mendoza, possibly one of my favourite idiots on screen ever. Just his delivery of some of the lines they give him are wonderful. And I, I mean, I've, I've done, I've just finished with the edit for Parks and Rec and there's a ton of clips in that and there's going to be a ton of clips in this and I could just do a supercut <laughs> of him with all of his weird things that he, he has this ability to say things that, it's just like it's the confidence he says it with. I think is is genius. He just says the dumbest things you've ever heard, but he says it with such confidence, and it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful character. We need some place that we can talk in private. I agree. Let me show you my butthole. What? This is my butthole. It's just like a hole where me and my buds can hang out. Oh, butthole. Okay, now I get it. Yeah, I on my first watch of this, I I wasn't a big fan of, of Jason. I think I just found him quite irritating. I couldn't really pinpoint why or how or or the reason for that. But then when I watched it the second time, I was I I think I just appreciated him so much more because he is just this lovable idiot and that's not you know being harsh to say that he he, he is. I'm sure the actor in real life, lovely fellow, probably very, very smart, but he he plays an idiot very, very well. He just comes out with incredibly dumb things. And I I think the show actually needs a character like Jason because it deals with some really heavy, weighty things. I mean, it is dealing with the afterlife, good and evil, 
can a person change morality, ethics, philosophy, like a lot of sort of high concept things that it deals with. And sometimes it just needs this lovable idiot from Florida to say something stupid to sort of bring you that laugh when you've been dealing with some some sort of really heavy stuff within the program but it it's ne it never feels cheap it never sort of feels like they're just going for the the quick and easy laugh by being like oh well we'll just have jason say something stupid like it always feels like it comes at the the right time and um i find his relationship with janet so sweet <laughs> again it's so it so just shouldn't work on paper um but it it really does and i the their sort of like final parting in like the last few episodes is is so brilliant as well he's sort of like he's hidden away for like goodness knows how long because he was trying to give janet a necklace and then he lost it and she thinks that he has like passed through the door or something and then janet comes back and then jason is just like behind a tree like yeah. <laughs> like how long was yeah. he there for <laughs> i know and it's like it's kind of this show has a bit of a groundhog day vibe about it mm. because it's by the time they've gone through everything in this show it's it's probably been eons of time mm -hmm. thousands of years but he's the one character that doesn't seem to get any smarter <laughs> as the show goes on he has moments which is kind but... of wonderful <laughs> yeah yeah he's just this he's so pure and obviously he 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 does mm. bad things which is how he ends up in the bad place in in the first place but he's he's yeah he really he doesn't change at all and i think actually what we're sort of saying at the, at the start is that what people like about sitcoms is the familiarity and the consistency and jason is kind of like the consistency in this show like he is pretty mm. much the same at start to how he is at the finish he has become a better person like they like they all mm. have but him in himself and his personality he has not really changed at all and i think that's that's wonderful he's like the person you can rely on uh throughout this series to mm. just say that wonderful thing that is so out of place and so inappropriate and so dumb but so so funny it's I can't even think of like my favorite Jason bit because there's so many, but I love uh, his just unwavering support of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, as a yes. <laughs> as a football fan myself, I'm like I I get it, and he's just so yeah. committed to them. He just fully believes that they are going to be amazing, that they will win a Super Bowl one day, and I. I'm sorry, Jason. I don't think they're ever going to win a Super Bowl, but, no, but he believes. I know. I love it. I, <laughs> he does. I, I think I heard somewhere on a on a behind the scenes thing that yeah, that was like a a fun gag for the writers. They'll just pick a team that like one of the worst mm -hmm. and just have him wholeheartedly believe in it. I'll tell you what I want to know right now before we go any further. Did the Jacksonville Jaguars win the Super Bowl last year? <laughs> oh. You're serious. Uh, no. Will they ever win the Super Bowl? Jason, I can't predict the future. But no, <laughs> they won't. Even, I'm pretty sure his death, at least, doesn't he die in a safe? Like, he tries to rob somewhere, so he does, like, tries to do a the Trojan horse thing in a mm -hmm. safe and just suffocates. Yeah, just, because... Like, it's dark, he, but it's very funny. <laughs> he, like, yeah, they're trying to, like, break into a taco restaurant or something, or, like, a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, something. And he's in a safe. Mm. 
So they're going to take the safe into the restaurant and then he will come out of the safe and then steal all of the money in the restaurant or something. But the equipment that he takes <laughs> into the safe with him to try and help him to breathe is a snorkel. But he just has the snorkel <laughs> in his mouth. It doesn't It doesn't right. lead to an air hole or anything in the safe there. It's, <laughs> it's airtight. But he's like, I've got this snorkel. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Oh, I love him. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. But like you said, he's, he's one of those characters that's fascinating because it's like, as you say, he does, but I feel like he's trying to commit a crime mm. in that sense. But he's just one of those people that just needs to be shown a better way. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, and, and it's evident in, in the show as it goes on, like when he's shown a better way, he's fine with it. He just goes with it. He's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, doesn't doesn't give too much thought about it. So he's like, again, it's it's another really interesting character, but definitely some of the biggest laughs mm. come from him and just the stuff he comes out with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and you've led me on nicely, actually, to um, Darcy Carden's character Janet, the not girl, <laughs> the the just, I think the MVP of the show. I mean, they're all brilliant, but I, I kind of feel like her character is just remarkable mm. as this kind of all knowing supercomputer person and she has some incredible lines and gags and complicated stuff going on i mean yeah talk to me about janet Mm. i'm I'm now changing my mind i'm like is tahani or janet my favorite i think it would probably be i know i know yeah tied for first Mm. maybe because i i love them Mm. both um but janet is the sort of like siri personified almost or it's this sort of ai system come to life that that can do anything and be anything and knows everything um and that could feel like it would be one-dimensional like on paper it sounds like quite a one-dimensional character like how interesting can a character be that knows everything and can do anything but Darcy Carden in her performance just adds so much to that character and she goes on a journey as well and, and we see her mm. um, start to become more human. She starts to feel more. She um, We see her have her heart broken and then she makes, <laughs> makes herself a rebound boyfriend in the form of the wonderful <laughs> yeah. Derek played by Jason Manzoukas, who I have to mention because he's, oh, he's so good. So, good. Uh, <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> You must be Michael. Janet's made a lot of talk talk into my ear holes about you. Michael, 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 Clyco, Clyco, Clyco. Janet, you can't make a person. I know, but I did though. Eleanor said that to forget about Jason, I should create oh, a rebound guy. Derek. So I made one. Hi. Derek. Oh, I'm her boyfriend and she made me. He's so nice. <laughs> she she has like various like other like forms. Like she is not the only Janet. She is this particular um mm neighborhoods janet but there are these bunch of other janets and we sort of see those throughout as well but it's all the same actress playing them so we see bad place janet who is just this like farting always on her phone really just kind of like gross and rude and mean version of janet so that's incredibly fun there's then like the like the medium janet or something who is just like really bland and no emotion no change of tone or anything and then I think that the one of the, in fact, maybe my favorite episode of the entire show is the one called mm-hmm. Janet's, um, which is when they all end up in ah. Janet's void. And we see Janet versions of all the other characters 
If no one has ever watched this yes. show, uh, sorry, we've spoiled the whole thing. And also, it's really hard to <laughs> explain. <laughs> I, I think I'm with you there. I, that, that's, that's now coming back to me. Yeah, that was when I was like, oh, she's the MVP of the show. Yeah. Like, to, to play all the other characters. And she nails mm-hmm. them. She nails every single one of them. Her Chidi is so good. Whilst, <laughs> oh, it's so spot on. So to do that whilst as playing, mm-hmm. yeah, playing all the other characters, you know, whilst also playing Janet, it's, it's just, it boggles my mind as, as an acting choice. It's like, that's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely remarkable. And it's very funny. Yeah. One of my um, one of my absolute favorite recurring gags is when they have to reboot Janet, and isn't it when they go mm-hmm. to that big button on the beach, and she does this whole bit about like you know I can't feel any pain, I'm not going to die, um, but at the same time like I will try and convince you mm-hmm. that you know that's not true because I don't want you to reboot me, and it just leads to this hilarious thing of them going to press the button and then her just like screaming and pleading for her life. <laughs> And then, like, how all the characters react to some of them are freaking out when she does it because she does it so well. Mm. And then when she re- when she does reboot, she just face plants the sand. And I was like, fair play to Darcy because she just she looks like she properly drops face first into the beach. Which I imagine if you're doing that all day mm-hmm. for takes and takes must be quite painful. Yeah, sore face by the end of it. I th- I think, but yeah. she oh she's so she's so wonderful and she really has to change her her emotion and her mood like on a dime as Mm. well because she has to do so much she is this sort of all-knowing being but to be able to change her performance in in such subtle and brilliant ways and show a, a whole range of emotions and yet be believable as this sort of ai robot thing i think it's just incredible i I don't know if she won awards for her performance, but I hope she I hope she did. And if not, why not? Because that Janet's episode alone I think is mm-hmm. is evidence enough of how incredible she is as as an actress and very, very funny, but also just a great a great performer. It's really a masterclass in imitating and it's not an easy thing to do as well because those characters have such unique quirks and and ways of talking and things that they do with their body and it's like it's quite trippy when you watch that episode because you're like oh my goodness she is William Jackson Harper as Chidi this is so strange I know I'm watching her but yet I'm seeing this and the her sort of like entire body just seems to like change like when she is being Tahani she sort of like is you know stands up straight in the sort of very like prim and proper way that Tahani does and it's just it's just so it's so glorious and a surprisingly sweet relationship between her and and Michael as well I think is is really Mm. nice like particularly by the end of it that was another moment that like really got me in the in the feels with those two and I think yeah Darcy Carden just absolutely sells it the definite MVP I'm I'm with you (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she, she does the thing that I love. People in the, you know, people who've been listening to the show will know that I'm a big fan of sci-fi. I'm a big fan of AI, mm. and particularly the whole like AI's becoming human is always fascinating to me. So uh, yeah, the fact she does that with such amazing kind of pathos and great comedic chops at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like yeah, like you said, give her all the awards. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, and you just mentioned one of the other main characters, of course, <laughs> Michael, played by the legend in comedy that is Ted Danson. 
this guy, I mean, I, I know he's good anyway, but I feel like this is a whole other thing for him. Mm. Like, he's just absolutely brilliant in mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. I just want to have a little chat about your progress. In the last homework assignment, I asked you to examine the ethics of Les Miserables, in which a man steals a loaf of bread to feed his starving family. Would you please read your first paragraph here? Everyone in this story sucks and belongs in the bad place. The thief is bad, the officer chasing him is bad, all the whiny prostitutes are bad, plus they're all French, so they're going to the bad place automatically. Do you see how you're already off topic? Chidi, I, I've been around a long time, like all of it, but I know for a fact that if you steal a loaf of bread, it's a negative 17 points. 20 if it's a baguette, because that makes you more friend. Yeah, and this is a hard character as well. This, like, we're saying sort of Eleanor goes on a journey. I mean, Michael goes on a journey that is kind of just as yeah. crazy because he is the the architect of of the bad place, as we find out at the end of the the end of the first season. It isn't really the good place. It's it's the bad place. So. He has to be believable as as a demon, basically. I think he's like a fire demon underneath like a human skin or something, um, which is funny in itself. Um, but then he changes as well. And, and he originally, I mean, his intention is to torture these to torture these humans and to, to torture them by making them believe that they are in the good place. So it's very it's twisted like it really is. And. In the, I think it's in the second season where we see him just like rebooting constantly, just like trying to get it right, <laughs> trying to get it right, yeah. um, which is very, very funny. Uh, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's some attempts where he just like, he blows it within like seconds or something and other ones last for like several yeah. days, weeks, months, whatever it is. Um, but he's so clearly committed to, to getting this absolutely right. And by the end of it, he is just this like, lovely wonderful person who really believes in these in these humans and still perhaps does some some questionable things and 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 that along the way but he really fundamentally believes that he has like a complete change of heart basically like a complete 180 he's mm. like these these people are not bad and they can change and he sort of sees the error of his ways and then becomes well yeah where he ends up as well i think is 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 wonderful um because he's sort of like done everything, seen everything that he can do um, in in the afterlife, but has never like got to experience being human, and that's that's where he ends up, um, which I think is so wonderful. Because then he, when he eventually the the human Michael passes, he would then eventually get the chance to pass pass the test and and go through the afterlife properly, like the like the rest of them have. So sort of ready to to complete his journey, he becomes human, um, which I think is so. It's so wonderful. It's just this this show just knows what to do with these characters. All of them have like the perfect resolution. Um, and it's really difficult, I think, to nail that when you've got sort of six pretty core characters and they are in in its start to finish first episode to last episode. Um, it's to 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 make the landing with all six of those characters, I think, is really commendable. And yeah, Michael has a, a great a great journey and ted danson plays him so well like when he does that evil little laugh that little cackle <laughs> it's so good and yet <laughs> he's also as believable as this really like 
lovely old man who just wants the best for for these humans so he like eleanor kind of like nails that like both sides of the the coin of this character absolutely um and that coming to what you said just a minute ago i mean in terms of endings you're right that it's one of those i feel like you know endings are hard mm-hmm. <laughs> for a lot of shows um but i feel like this is one of those sitcoms where it has the right ending absolutely for for each character and you know funny again i was talking about parks and rec not that long ago with previous guest claire and that has quite a nice wrap-up mm. for everybody. And it's I feel like Michael Shaw's had a bit of a run-up at it. And it seems like in this episode, in this um, series, rather, he's he's completely understood where the characters are. And like you said, he sort of tries to give them a, a meaningful send-off for each one, which I think is really cool. Mm. And it's, yeah, it just makes it that much more enjoyable because there's nothing more frustrating when you're watching characters go through all this journey. You get invested and there's just a really pants ending. And you're like, ah. Oh. yeah. That last few episodes whereas this you don't get that you kind of go yeah mm. that makes sense that makes sense yeah and there's it, a final resolution for all of all of the characters as well and i think something that sitcoms can do often is is run for too long or not know when to end and they get sort of less and less mm-hmm. funny over time actually one of my other options for talking about was going to be new girl which i i re-watched again very very recently um, and I mm. absolutely hated the final season of that because they sort of came. I'm with you. Yeah, they came back for like half yeah. a season just to sort of give these characters some resolution, and I didn't need it, and I didn't want it, and nothing felt resolved by the end of it. Whereas, yeah, this mm. it it just feels so complete. It it's a lovely, quick, short series to watch, like start to finish, one to four, just all the way through. And you feel like you've watched a complete storyline rather than something that would go on and on. And there are characters in this who who would continue and, and do continue like after the credits roll. And, and we can imagine ourselves and fill in those gaps what happens. But all of them end up in a place mm. that is satisfactory. And it's not just as simple as, well, they all walked through the door and passed to the sort of, you know, final, final stage or whatever. Like each one of them has a mm. journey and ends in a perfect way for that character um i it's it just seems it's such a yeah endings are hard like you said not even just comedies like anything to to sort of decide the right point for it to end because you've got people who love these shows and who are like i could watch 20 seasons of this but there is no way that this could have run for that many seasons and i think even a fifth would have been too much because it just each season has such a complete arc and i just i don't know what else they could have done with it without without dragging it out further so no same i mean by the end of it they basically have rewritten the afterlife Mm -hmm. you know and it's like you can't get bigger than Mm. that can you (laughs) like you said yeah it was a natural place for it to kind of come to an end um but yeah i mean it's 50 episodes Mm -hmm. That's pretty good innings, yeah. I'd say. It's it's short and sweet. And like you said, that's great for rewatch value. You can just blitz through that in a in a weekend. Some people could probably manage. Short episodes <laughs> as well. I love a I love a twenty minute. That's yeah. uh, that ki- that that captures my attention immediately. If I see something is like an hour, I'm like, oh okay, bit of a commitment. Twenty minutes, I'm like, we're gonna we're gonna be friends here. <laughs> Absolutely, it's perfect. Um, I just wanted to talk about a couple of the other kind of, uh, I guess sort of uh recurring characters mm. 
Yeah, I just spotted on here Mark Evan Jackson as Sean. <sighs> I love that man. So evil. But he's 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 a he's a got great dry delivery, and in this he's used to perfection. There's a clip that I'll put in here, and it revolves it revolves around um, butthole spiders, and just <laughs> it's such a childish joke, but the way he delivers it. It's just, it makes me cackle every time I hear it. It's, and he does that throughout, like all these weird torture things that they, he's just throwing out <laughs> and he just says them with such perfect, like, deadpan delivery. Yeah. And it's really, really funny. <laughs> oh, sounds like everything's going well back there, too. We're trying out the new butthole spiders. Huh? They're enormous. Yeah, I think, like, one of the, like, the, the, the things they do to torture people in the bad place is, like, penis flattening or something, and it, and it always makes yeah. me laugh whenever they say it. And I think so much of that is in Mark Evan Jackson's delivery because there's saying a funny line, like, in a funny way, and I think it would still get a laugh, but there's him saying it in that complete, like, monotone, deadpan, very serious way that is just even funnier i think that the more ridiculous something is if it can be played in in a way that is so so serious and so deadpan it just makes it like a hundred times funnier and i think he's such a good character and he's not he's not in it tons he sort of comes into it a lot more later but the way he and ted danson sort of play off of each other i think is wonderful as well because they have this um this sort of rivalry um between them of, of initially like who who is the most evil and and uh sean doesn't mm. sort of really believe that michael can you know can really do it can really pull off this uh this experiment that that he tries in the first in the first series but yeah oh, wonderful he always just plays such a i don't know i've seen mark evan jackson in other things and he always just seems to play like a bit of a like a bit of a nasty character, mm. but he does it so well. When you can play someone evil that well, then why not? If he's typecast, then I don't care because he's really good at it and he's very, very funny as well. Like surprisingly so, yeah. I think. Absolutely, um, it's it's the perfect foil for kind of Michael's journey and arc, mm. and like I said, just some of the best jokes <laughs> and just the best delivery. Um, you mentioned Jason Manzuka's earlier as Derek, which I love. I mean, he's he's got a manic energy that he brings to everything. Yeah. And it's perfect for this weird thing that <laughs> Janet makes just out of nowhere to try and make Jason jealous. Um, and it's very, very funny. Like, he just, he, he's, again, he's only in it for, like, I think I've got to hear nine mm -hmm. episodes. He's hardly in it at all, but every time he pops up, again, just given lots of random gibberish to say. <laughs> and just says it with perfect delivery every time yeah the wind chimes that's a particular bit that is uh that jumps out <laughs> to me where his uh <laughs> yeah I, I don't need to say it <laughs> um if you know you know um, i'll be putting that clip in don't worry please yeah this is everything we ever wanted speaking of people getting what they want i really hope mindy liked the present we sent her who are you Derek. Thanks for helping us all those times we showed up. To repay you, here's a willing sex robot and two duffel bags full of cocaine. There are wind chimes where my ding-dong should be. I can work with that. All right! And also, in the, yeah. like, the... If it's not the final episode, then it's close to the end as well, where he is just this, like, all-knowing being that is made of time and space yeah. itself, because... 
uh, Mindy, <laughs> who he sort of belongs to now, I guess. Um, she has just rebooted yeah. him so many times that he is now just because what the the whole thing is when they get rebooted, they sort of come back uh, stronger or more developed than they were previously, and she has obviously rebooted him so many times that he now just is like time and space. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Oh, what a, what a funny twist on that as well. Like you don't see it coming. You're kind of like, oh, okay. Um, oh, Derek. Yeah, M- Mindy St. Clair as well, like an interesting character. Again, only in it for a, a few episodes, played by uh, Marybeth mm. Monroe I've got here. An interesting character, because she's the one you meet where she's she's the medium person, isn't she? Where like she's not a good person, because she's like this coke-headed lawyer, but she raises a lot mm. of money and that money helps a lot of people and so they, she ends up in this weird middle ground where she's not quite good but she's not quite bad and I get a very funny very interesting premise mm. and just an interesting little character a bit creepy yeah. though she does have a lot of creepy <laughs> lines yeah a little bit a little bit um yeah the it's when it introduces the idea of of the medium place I think is 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 pretty good because mm. I think it's something that um Eleanor says like maybe in the first season where she's like why is there just a good place and a bad place why is there not a medium place and then when you actually get to see it it's just Mm. this kind of like place in the middle of nowhere where things are all just a bit like nothing (laughs) but again like Mindy St. Clair is is a character who we don't see in a ton of episodes but even she gets a resolution like so many of these characters Mm. like you know like we just said we see Derek become this (laughs) being outside of existence itself and Mindy St. Clair isn't isn't in half as many episodes as the sort of the core cast are, but even she gets a chance to sort of like to to better herself and and to improve as well. And it's just like it cares so much about all of these characters, like even the ones who are just in a couple of episodes, where the mm. sort of the fan favorite characters. I think obviously there's some who just we see in passing who you know we presume are alive and well dead and well i guess instead of alive and well yeah Um, yeah yeah. yeah, but we don't sort of get like a final resolution for them but we still see something of them um later which i think is a lovely touch so yeah yeah exactly and it's it's brilliant i mean like i'm just looking at some of these other characters here and like yeah all of these um like the judge played by Maya Rudolph, who's very, very funny. Um, Love her. Simone Garnett, who's kind of like the sort of love rival, I guess. Farrano mm. and Chidi, played by Kirby Howell Baptiste. Like, I'm pretty sure she gets a resolution. Like, all of these characters, yeah. like you said, they all come back in one form or another. Yeah. And it's quite rare. It's quite rare you see that in a in a sitcom, really, that they sort of everybody gets a bit of an arc. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it doesn't, but it doesn't feel like busy and cluttered. Like it obviously gives the most amount of time and resolution to to the core characters, um, and then sort of like trickling down a bit further to those who are in more episodes than most, but they're not quite like the core six, like Sean, like Vicky, uh, Judge, um, and a couple of others as well. And but then it sort of like goes down to that that next layer down with like the Mindy's and the, the Derricks and brent Mm. as well who is just like a a horrible character but even he gets like something as well and yeah it's it's so refreshing it's so nice to see that because i think so many sitcoms just just focus on the the core characters and you get this sort of um conveyor belt of other characters coming in and out but it 
you don't get resolutions for those characters in the same way that you get that you get in this and i just think it's so refreshing mm. and just another reason why this show is is so different to to lots of others out there absolutely and i just think yeah like you said the central message of it sort of like we're saying at the start is it's nice because it's it mm. it's not telling you not to you know try and self-improve and, and be a better person but it's telling you to be patient essentially and and it will take mm. time and um one episode i think that that's kind of sums all of that up so well and it has one of my favorite cameos because he's one of my favorite actors is michael mckeon as doug mm. Fawcett, who doug and it's a great payoff of a joke that's thrown away it's like a throwaway line at the beginning of the first episode where they're like oh yeah this one guy who got high one time as a teenager <laughs> like he got pretty close to sussing out what the afterlife is actually like you know and they have a picture of him in the background and you actually meet him mm. and he's played by michael mckeon which is a great cameo he's a very very good actor very obviously spinal tap and medical sort of all that stuff so these are some of my 71 adopted dogs and wolves you've rescued every stray animal that's ever wandered onto your property oh yes ma'am i've been mauled several times uh, this little guy here <laughs> might look innocent but boy he goes right for the squeaker if you know what i mean but it hit the whole point of his episode is he's someone who again is very similar to chidi he's like paralyzed like his entire life is is kind of this weird dichotomy of, of constantly being in fear and trying to do what he thinks is the right and, and tick boxes and it's like well that's not life it's not that mm. simple mm-hmm. you know and and princi- principles are different to rules and it's that's kind of like the whole heart of the show i think and it's it's very clever again it's something that it, it's it's rare again i was saying really at the beginning it's rare to find a sitcom which makes you think that you come away kind of being like oh mm. yeah maybe i should try this or i should learn a bit more about about how to be a better person yeah and it it sort of switches it from from that point scoring thing which you think it's going to be in the start and it is that for a little mm. while that it's all about how many how many points you get and we sort of talk about the the revelation of of the end of the first season but i can't remember at what point it comes but then we get a sort of a uh, a lesser revelation further into the series when it is sort of revealed that actually no human has got into the good place in something like 500 years or something and because the 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 point scoring thing just didn't work it they'd sort of set this like you know this this blueprint of like well doing this thing equals this many points but it didn't take into account the the complexity you know sometimes like i don't know poor example but a a a little white lie or something is actually like the kinder thing to to do in some situations and it's like you couldn't just say well lying equals minus a thousand points because it completely depends on on the scenario and context and everything else that is happening and so many other factors that are impossible to point to put points or scores or numbers on and each person kind of has Mm. to be assessed individually there isn't just this this blueprint of like how to be a good a good human and the character of doug has sort of like followed that that blueprint like to the letter like these he figured it out on this like acid trip or whatever and like these are the things that you have to do in order to get to the to the to the good place but even he has got it wrong no one no one has got it right sort of thing Mm. because it's not it's not factoring in how 
complex human decisions and emotions are and can be and it's not as as black and white as like this is good this is bad and it's it's a lot to grapple with sometimes I think the stuff in this show but Mm. it's I'm so glad that it goes to those places as well as being incredibly funny because it does give you a lot to to chew over like you said you sort of come out of it at the end and you're like maybe I should try and be a bit maybe I should try and be a better person and these these people that the the main four they get various opportunities throughout to sort of change their behavior to do things differently and they realize it's not just about you know them in themselves doing things better you know Eleanor holds a door open for loads of people and expects her points to just rack up and and they they don't because she's doing it for the Mm. wrong reason she's doing it for herself she's not doing it because she genuinely wants to help people and it sort of becomes a bit deeper in the sort of the third and fourth season with the characters helping other people you know they've sort of reached the place where they're like well we're never going to make it to the good place but what we can do is help other people improve their lives and we see some some resolutions between like Eleanor and her mum and uh Tahani and her sister as well in just sort of like well we can't change things for ourselves but what we can do is change things for for other people and that's when it sort of gets into the the territory of of changing the system and, and making changes so that more people will be able to qualify and it's and it's it's not as sort of cut and dry as as it was before where if you didn't do enough on on earth then you know that was it it was you know decision made you're in the bad place or whatever um and it crams all of that Mm. in (laughs) so like 20 minute episodes (laughs) and only 50 episodes and there's a bunch that we haven't like got into as well because there's just so much but yeah i to have that in a sitcom is like pretty mind-blowing really <laughs> yeah it really really is and it like you said it takes all these ideas but what i like about it is it doesn't try to give you answers it doesn't try to sort of force you know one way of thinking down your throat kind of thing it's just sort of yeah it's very laid back mm. and kind of well sometimes there isn't an answer and i remember one episode which is it's kind of hilarious and grim when they do the the famous uh train oh, test the about problem, you know yeah. for someone on a track <laughs> The trolley problem, that's it. And it's, it's brutal, but it's very funny. Uh, but it kind of brings the point that, like, and the whole point of that question, if you ever get asked that question, is that there is no easy answer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole point of it, is it's to get, it gets you to think about who you are as a person and all this stuff, which is, I say, very deep for, for a comedy to kind of go into. But it's lovely. Again, I, I encourage people to watch it because it doesn't beat you over the head with philosophy. It's more just kind of like, here's some things to think about. And here's some journeys that characters go on. And like you said, the overall arcing theme of it is you can be better. You can get better in whatever form that takes is up to mm. you. Yeah, exactly. I think that that nails it, basically. It's it's it's, it's a very lovely thing for a sitcom to say, isn't it? It absolutely is. Yeah, no no one is, is so bad that they that they can't change and everyone sort of gets their gets their second chance or gets their second shot at things and, and learns something about themselves and other people along the way as well which is is so nice and just seeing that relationship develop between between the main group as well is is so great uh to sort of see how they 
they're very focused on themselves in the beginning but over time they sort of become a lot more concerned with with each other and it might be in i think the maybe the penultimate episode in in series four where they sort of do like fake funerals for each each other which sounds a bit morbid um but it ends up being like one of the like lovelier episodes because they get the chance to like say Mm. nice things about the person whilst they're there and can hear and it's something that people often say is like don't wait for someone's funeral <laughs> to say something to say something yeah. nice about them don't sort of like you know stand up there when it's too late and say this person was amazing they did all these great things you have to do those things uh, say those things to people whilst they're still whilst they're still there and obviously like get into the complexities of the fact that these people are actually dead and in the afterlife <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a good message for us i think to, to you know about yeah. thinking of other people putting other people before yourself and and just doing nice things for other people and saying nice things to other people as well i think is such a lovely message to take away from from it absolutely um well is there anything else you want to add or i, I thought you've covered a lot of ground with this sitcom <laughs> yeah so much and there is honestly so much that we could still get into but it's mm. yeah to save me being here for like another three hours i think that's a that's a nice <laughs> place to leave it <laughs> absolutely and the good news is it's on netflix the whole thing so if people are listening and they think yeah i'm gonna give it a go uh a sorry we spoiled it but b give it a go yeah, anyway still great um if you haven't already <laughs> Yeah. So, Sarah, I guess to kind of take us home, where can the good people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Sarah Buttery. Um, and I can I also plug the podcast as well. Is that? Is that? Yeah, okay? go through. Plug, plug, plug away. Lovely. Plug away. <laughs> it's up to us. Um, you can no, listen to me on two podcasts. Uh, currently, uh, talking about two of the things I love most in life, which is Disney and Jaws. So I do, uh, I'm currently doing a Disney classic series for Jumpcast. We are 50 something films in, so we are on the home stretch, uh, but plenty of content to go back and listen to if you would like. And also um, co-host a podcast called Let's Jaws for a Minute with the wonderful MJ Smith. Uh, We are going through Jaws, the greatest film ever made, uh, minute by minute or thereabouts. And uh, Harley, you've you've been on. You were a, a wonderful guest, and we've got you coming back soon as well. So, very excited about that. Yes, and I made some big, big promises, which I am regretting to this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, involving songs. If anyone's wondering, oh. um, yeah, go and listen to that episode. I'm very nearly there on that one. I'll just say oh that my much. Goodness. But anyway, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yes, people should go and listen to that because I mean, you were last time you were on here, you talked all about Disney animation, mm-hmm. and so I plugs and would encourage anyone to go and listen to the Jumpcast series that you're doing with Barry because it's amazing. The detail you guys go into is wonderful, and yeah, last time I spoke to you, you were in the '80s, and now you're in the you know 2010s yeah. as as of time of recording, which is crazy. So <laughs> you've covered a lot of ground. I can't believe we're almost like when we got to film fifty, which was Tangled um yeah. just seeing that mm-hmm. five in front of it was like it just it suddenly just like blew my mind of like yeah. 50 is a big number and it didn't really hit me until that point that we'd like watched and spoken about 49 films prior to that and you usually spent about an mm-hmm. an hour and a half or so talking about each one so we we go in depth uh but there's there's a lot to get into in these films and it's it's just been an absolute 
joy. I'm gonna be very, very sad when that uh when that series comes to an end, but I think we'll we'll carry on doing something. I'm not sure yet, but watch this space, so <laughs> as always Pixar. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Next that studio is studio run. Yeah. Absolutely. And and yeah, of course Jaws for a minute again, highly plug highly recommends. Um because yeah, you and, and MJ previous guests talking about a previous topic that was on this show, it's like I can't think of a more perfect show to recommend to the listeners of this one, so absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Sarah, and I look forward to speaking to you guys again soon. Hopefully have you back on in the future. Absolutely, anytime. <laughs> and there we have it. Thank you so much to Sarah for coming on to the show and sharing your love of The Good Place. Definitely go and check out that series, guys. You can find it on Netflix pretty much anywhere in the world. And definitely go and check out Sarah's work over at Jumpcast and let's jaws for a minute both shows are brilliant i've put links to all of them in the show notes for you of this episode also be sure to go and give sarah a follow on social media i've put links to all of that in the show notes for you as well and i will be making a return on let's jaws for a minute at the time of recording i'm not quite sure when that will be but i will of course keep you guys updated and hopefully that song should be finished so definitely go and listen to that show and keep an ear out for that a huge thank you to Alex Jenkins, as always, for designing the artwork. If you'd like to get in touch with him to commission your own logos and graphic design, all of his details are in the show notes for you. If you'd like to get in touch with me, then you can reach me on the social media links that I've put in the show notes, as well as email. It's fundamentalspod at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. love to know what you're thinking of the show. If you've left me a five-star review on your favourite podcatcher, then definitely tell me, because of course you earn a shout-out on the show. And if you even want to become a guest on the show, that is very much an option that is open. At the time of recording, I have, I believe, four guest spots available for this sitcom summer series. And then further from there, I'll be back to normal, basically looking for all kinds of topics to discuss. So don't hesitate if you've got something you'd love to share with me and my audience. That is it from me. I'll be back again next week with another sitcom and another guest. And as per routine now, I'll leave a little clip for you at the end of this episode. So until next time, stay tuned and stay safe. Just tell him how you feel without sounding like a girl for once. I miss you so much it hurts sometimes. Okay, um, you've had a rough day, so I'm gonna let that go for now. Thank you.